This podcast is brought to you by True Voice. We're bringing you automated win, loss, and no decision analysis at scale so you can find and fix seller blind spots in near real time. With automated customer feedback from every opportunity, you'll uncover what buyers truly care about when purchasing, what your competitors are doing to adapt, and how the experience with your sales reps impact win rates. With this new insight, your sellers automatically receive the right science-backed sales training from Corporate Visions based on their individual strengths and weaknesses. It's time to get more from your win-loss analysis. True Voice moves you from just-in-case to just-in-time coaching and training. Visit us at www.truevoice.io and start winning more today. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me for another edition of Sales Intelligence Weekly, brought to you by True Voice. I'm your host, Ryan Quelder. Okay, so starting this episode with something you already know. Sales enablement is a crucial function for any B2B organization. But on today's show, we're going to talk about something a little bit uncomfortable. Some people might even consider it a lot a bit uncomfortable. The reality is many people who work in sales enablement have never experienced frontline bag carrying, quota carrying selling. If you want to eliminate disconnect and align your enablement strategy to make more impact for your reps, you must first understand their world. We've heard the frustrations from sales enablement teams. Look, my reps don't use the enablement. I provide them. But we also hear from sellers frustrations like, how can enablement tell me what to do when they've never even sold a deal? Right? These are difficult, potentially difficult waters to navigate. So today, we're going to talk about the elephant in the room. We're going to talk about this issue. Chatting it up with me today, we have Drake Lennon, Global Director of Enablement Programs at Sitecore. Drake, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Excited to be here. Excited to have you. Before we get into it, we have a habit here to have our audience learn a little bit about our guests. Who who are you? Who is this enigma that is Drake? Tell us about you. Yeah, short and sweet. Uh, I'm a sales guy turned enablement guy. Um, I'm out of Dallas, Texas. Um, you know, I've been in in a sales or customer facing role for uh, almost 20 years now. And switched to the SaaS sales, have done everything from SDR, AE, SDR manager, AE manager, sales trainer, sales enablement, now leading the uh, uh, global enablement programming here at Sitecore and lots of things between and uh, very, very passionate about sales as a profession. Uh, I have an MBA with a focus on strategic marketing. So Sitecore is my happy place. I get to... um, you know, work with sellers, work with marketing, but we're also selling MarTech solutions, which is something I understand and I and I just get um, from my experiences between you know, school and work, et cetera. So that's a little bit about me. Tell us more about Sitecore. Why is this? I mean, you you said something that's that's a strong plug for the company that you're working for. My, it's my happy place. You don't hear that all the time. Yeah. Why is Sitecore your happy place? And what is Sitecore? Why is it your happy place? Well, I think first, you pull any person from Sitecore, and I, I almost guarantee that their number one thing they will say about why they love Sitecore 
is the people we work with. We uh, we work with very strong, you know, A caliber players. Uh, everybody's willing to help, and you know, just all around great people. Great technology too. Yeah, it's just a just a good place to be. Okay, love it. So, are you ready to chew on this kind of elephant with me? This this issue. Should we get into this? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's start with the uh, evolution. I, I I like to typically start here, right? So from your experience, how, how have you seen maybe sales enablement evolve over the years? Yeah, so I've got a couple of perspectives. Being newer in an SDR role, being newer in a sales manager role, being newer in a sales enablement role, and then being more experienced in a sales enablement role. Sales enablement, when I started, you know, I, I saw it as an SDR or as an AE going through the training. It, it, it was that. It was sales training, emphasis on onboarding, sales skills. We need objection handling training. We need to teach you how to do discovery, throw some product knowledge at you, but really around sales skills and, and emphasis on 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 the onboarding piece. Uh, even in my first sales training role, it was like that. And it was always dictated down from the business. We mm. need to do this. And sales enablement was supposed to go create this beautiful program, deliver this learning event and expect it's being used. And that was kind of the reality is business is going to tell you what to do. You need to deliver a stellar learning experience uh, or event, as I call it, because it was a one-time shebang. Here's the, and then off to the next thing you do. And, uh, and it, a lot of the stuff was delivered, you know, created and delivered by sales enablement um, in, in the beginning. I think how it's evolved is is it's ever changing. It's going in the right direction in, in my mind. The business still comes down, you know, sales training is still a big part of what we do. Business still comes down and says, we need to do this, but now it's more resemblant of a I think we need to do this. Enablement, what do you think? So enablement's got a seat at the table. Uh people are starting to realize it is a crucial function in the business, not just to check the box we have onboarding or check the box we did sales skills. And you're getting a lot of enablement professionals gravitating towards this career who have a lot of, you know, the background that you need for somebody to run a business. Enablement is a business within a business. So if you've got somebody saying, we got to do objection handling, enablement is is programmed to say, why? Where is the evidence? We already have some of the evidence that might support it, but we want to hear it from our you know stakeholders. We kind of want to see where those gaps are. Because it might be something else. There, there might be a root cause that's a little bit upstream. Negotiation's the big one. We need negotiation training. Is it, is it negotiation training or is it value selling or is it upstream? Is it discovery? Is it upstream? Is it qualification, etc.? So enablement's got a seat at the table to kind of challenge and push back and professionally as a business partner, and and it's it's much more metrics driven now uh, than than before where we used to just track how many people attended a session. That to me doesn't matter at all because uh, people attending a session doesn't drive bookings or revenue. Um, so it's what did they do with that after? And so the last piece I'll say, it's it, it evolved from having and developing learning events where it's a one-time, here's your beautiful objection handing, uh, handling uh, training into a, a full immersive experience where the frontline leaders get uh, bought into what they need to do. They are enabled. They are able to inspect what they should be expecting, to coach to it. Then the sellers are coached to it. And then, so it's it's an opportunity to learn, practice, and, and to perform versus just learn and go do whatever you want. 
So that leadership piece to me is one of the most important things about enablement. You can teach, you can help, but if the leaders aren't um, propagating, if they're not promoting, if they're not doing by example, if they're not constantly helping and measuring, it's not going anywhere. But beyond that, I want to, I want to understand the very first thing you said about the evolution was it, it's gone from go do the sales enablement to what do you think sales enablement? What are some of the metrics or some of the insights that you think sales enablement should be ready to talk with other business unit owners? You know, what, what are the metrics they're, they're asking to hear from or the insights they're looking to hear from, from sales enablement? I think it, it's part, it's, it's taking your stakeholders on that journey with you. What are the metrics we should be looking at? The cheat code here is just measure what the, what the business measures. Uh, you've got, if you simplify sales, you've got the four levers, you've got win rates, you've got number of at-bats, you know, how big is your pipeline? You've got uh, average sale price and you've got um, the speed to sales. So your you know, sales age, how quickly can you sell them velocity? Uh, underneath those, you have so many different metrics that can point to different directions and different things that you should be doing. But I think it's, you know, how do you know which ones to pick? I think it's that discovery with your, with your, your business partner on the other side, the frontline leaders, and maybe one up who aren't too removed from it, who only just look at dashboards, but who experience it and just kind of ask them questions about what they're seeing and then consult with them on what you should be tracking. Uh, and, and then the metrics will, I've got a list of probably 80 different metrics we could track at any given time for any given program, but it's really helpful to kind of refine it down to three, four, maybe five. Um, if we understand what we're trying to actually accomplish and then we, it's reverse engineering it, just like a sales process. Your end goal is customer is thriving with your solution. How do you do that? Well, you back reverse engineer into implementation. You back that into the closing. You back that into the, the demo or the discovery. It's, it's the same thing. How do we get to this stage? We got to back that into what they need to be able to do. That's the performing. We need to back that into how are we going to get them to performing? What does the practice look like? We need to get to what is the what is the gap in, in their knowledge? Do we need to teach them anything? Or is it really just a practice and apply thing. And then the metrics for enablements right there in the programming, and it's linked directly to the metrics that's actually going to drive the business result you're looking for. Love that. So a sales enablement is like an internal business consultant where they have to understand the, the metrics that are important today because they'll, they'll change in form, you know, next quarter when the board comes down with whatever, or the market changes or whatever happens. Uh, there's going to be changes in metrics and focus on metrics. And so you're, you're constantly having to consult, understand, and then go from there. Am I, am I kind of capturing? Spot on. Okay. So love this. Okay. Now that we understand kind of what's kind of evolved with, within sales enablement, let's get to that elephant, you know? So m many people in sales enablement have, have never even carried a quota and this can rub sales teams the wrong way sometimes, right? I mean, it can really cause some issues. So from your perspective, how, how does this impact organizations and paradigms internally? Yeah, I, I think, because I've, I've seen it too. I've worked with brilliant learning design folks, absolutely brilliant in what they do, deliver stellar programs, but it's, I think the main disconnect is gonna be, so there's, there's per perceived disconnect and then there's, you know, real disconnect. I think the the first one, if I if I just go for the real disconnect, it's theory versus reality. If you've never done the job, 
your experience is through what you've read about it or what you've heard about it. And that's kind of it. Uh, you don't have that actual practical knowledge of, of what it takes. And so, you know, the sales book written by XYZ author from 1990 uh, might say, do it this way. And then you've got, you know, another sales book by any influencer you want to name here that's saying the same thing, but a little bit differently and saying, well, they got it wrong, but they're saying the same thing. Um, you know, th that's kind of your experience as, as an enablement person without the uh, without the background. So it, it's like the, the adage when we were growing up and the teacher said, you, you really need to know this piece of math and be able to do it in your head. You're not going to have a calculator in your pocket everywhere you go. And then, you know, the reality is. Yeah, we do. Yeah. 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 So, we in fact do. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's like objection handling. I keep bringing up objection handling. That's a, that's a, that's a hot one with a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, the enablement creates this beautiful 20 step objection handling process and the best sellers are doing it in three steps. You know, they're, they're matching them with a, a statement to bring it down. They're asking a couple of pointed questions to understand where the objection is coming from. And they propose a resolution. Three steps. Enablement, who has never done this, might deliver 20 steps. Nobody's going to do it. So there's a disconnect between um, theory and reality. The other one is the perceived disconnect of this person, and it's going to be inherent. This person's never done the sales job, thus they, they don't know me, and they've never sought out to know me. When in reality, I've worked with some really good learning design uh, folks and, and knowledge professionals, never done the sales stuff, but they ask really good questions and they get it straight from top performers. So I, I think, you know, it it's an inher inherent one to overcome, but I think there's ways to overcome it without that experience. But gosh, that experience really does make a difference when you can think empathetically and lead empathetically with your seller's kind of vision. It, it helps a lot. There's two words that come to mind as you're talking here, curiosity and understanding. Uh, it sounds like potentially we can overcome some of those you've never carried the bag issues with demonstrating skills that are maybe transferable by asking solid questions, showing significant curiosity, asking pointed questions that demonstrate that you understand what their business is, what a, a seller's business is, and then coming up with solutions that are pointed and concise. Um, th that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal uh, paradigm. I want to go a step further for you in your shift, right? So your shift from selling to sales enablement, you know, what are some maybe key learnings that you can share with our listeners that some of our sales enablement listeners or sellers, you know, either way that can help them in their journey? Yeah. So a little background, I went from SDR to AE to sales trainer, and then I was a sales manager and I'm back in enablement. Um, so I would say one in every, anything you do, always be seeking to be the best in your craft, always be learning the best practices from the best thought leaders, of course, put your own kind of spin on it, you know, take it with a grain of salt because you're taking somebody's advice, but always, always be looking to refine your craft and know your business. So like, like we kind of established earlier, enablement is a, is a business, it's a, it's a consulting wing of any, of any organization. Know your business. So your, your metrics, how you're measured, all of your programs that are running, how they're doing, et cetera. Cause if anybody asked you in a random meeting, you should have that drop the hat. You need to know what's going to happen next. And 
in order to do that, you need to know your business. Also know your know your stakeholders business, your your customers business, typically internal sellers. What does the pipeline look like? What does the forecast look like? Is it is it great and all fluffy and unicorns and we can, you know, go go do something fun enablement, uh, proactive enablement for the next phase in our journey? Or is it like like many sales organizations have been facing in the last year, year and a half uh, with the economic headwinds, is it is it kind of a hey, we need to pivot and we need to we need to try something different. Um, so, and, and that's the empathetic leading, you know, leading with empathy is, is you can understand the business, you can understand their business, then you can actually consult to it. Where is enablement going to have the most impact? Um, and that's another thing. If, if everything's important, nothing's important, you need to prioritize, you know, go deep, don't go wide. You know, if you're going to, if you've got the business asking for, training on negotiation, training on discovery, training on qualification, objection handling, prospecting, all of these things. Yeah, we need to do everything. Everything's important, but let's prioritize and let's master one before we move to the next. And in order to do that, we need to prioritize it based on what the business needs. And in order to do that, you need to, you know, need to know what the business is going through. Um, along those lines, relationships are key. Especially if you don't have that background in 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 sales. You need to have those tightly coupled relationships with like what we call sales champions here at Sitecore, you know, your 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 performers, your top performers, also sales leadership, you know, frontline managers and plus one removed, you know, their their managers. Have them along for the journey, have them give input early and often, do your discovery. You're running your consult consultation just like a sales process. You're doing discovery, you're getting their buy-in. If they give input, they've got a little bit of skin in the game. Because they're going to be the ones who have to reinforce this, which is probably another one that's just as important as relationships, is you have to know you're not responsible for the way that sales executes, which from a sales leadership to enablement can be a hard switch. Like I, I, I'm not responsible for them actually doing this. That's the frontline leader. But I am accountable for delivering something that's going to help them accomplish what we set forth as a group to do. So that's a big one is you don't own the number like that is not your quota uh you know but you you are absolutely accountable to supporting and making sure they have every resource they need at the time they need it to hit that number um and i think you know i, I kind of prepared some some talk points around this because i think those are those are the main the main ones is you know always be learning know your business know theirs build those relationships maintain those relationships and Get them involved early and keep them involved throughout the journey. Um, go deep, not wide, on your enablement programming so you actually deliver results. Um, and oh, always measure everything, try anything you can. Try to measure it, you know, so that way you can. You you, you always have to report back. We sought out to do this. Here's where we are today. Here's the delta. Here's what I recommend next. Um, and yeah, just keep that constant lines of communication. So I, I love that. I want to come back to relationship building and there's some nuances here and, and, and I'm not going to, you know, this isn't marriage and family therapy. We're not going to talk about how to, how to make friends and win over people. That's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about in a professional set, set, setting here between sales enablement and sellers who oftentimes, I mean, if we're going to get down to it, it can be a little bit of a jets and sharks kind of moment. There's some snap fighting and dancing, right? So it, it can get a little bit heated sometimes. What might be some recommendations? from your perspective on how to start, right? For Not to carry and continue, but how to start to demonstrate, look, I'm trying to establish from an SE to a seller 
how do I start those relationships? Yeah. So uh, you have to find that, that, that middle ground. I would say one of the things that would probably rub somebody wrong is if you come in and you're not seeking to understand, you're already trying to give advice. So one of the first things I always do when I first came to Sitecore, the first thing I did is I looked for a list of folks. Interdepartmental relationships are huge in enablement too. You got to work with, closely with marketing, product marketing, product direct, uh, SE organization, sales leadership, et cetera, you name it, sales ops. I like to say that enablement is that connective tissue, the synapsis between the brain, the mouth, the the hands, et cetera, that kind of keeps things moving. Um, but meet them, get to know them, know them as people. What do they like? You know, at the end of the day, a business is made up of people and you know, people work to, to live. So what do they like to do? So build those personal relationships, uh, build those professional relationships too. Uh, again, it's like a sales process, right? What are they measured on? How how are they going to be successful? And how can we work together to make our sales work successful? If I'm talking with a sales manager, it's pretty obvious. They've got a quota. They got to hit it. Uh, what what are some of you know the challenges that they are seeing in order to hit their question uh, their quota? So it's just asking a lot of questions, bouncing ideas off of them before making any recommendations. I I, I always like the the kind of uh, before making a recommendation, Ryan, you told me X, Y, and Z things are important. You're seeing A, B, and C gaps. I have a thought. Do you mind if I bounce some ideas off of you? And then kind of consulting. So it's bringing them in early in, in, in those processes, kind of like we were just discussing, bringing them in early in those, in those conversations as much as possible. And as things develop, keep them informed. Hey, Ryan, we talked about this two weeks ago. This is where I'm at so far. I'm just keeping you updated. This is where I'm going. Do you have any input? And then, you know, don't just go off into a silo and deliver a final output and expect them to be grateful for it. They need to be along, but it needs to be, because again, they're responsible for this. Nobody's going to reimburse them for, for missed commissions uh, because they delivered an enablement program that didn't work. So they need to be bought into this. This needs to be their vision. Enablement needs to be the best practices guide and the consultant for how to actually make this a reality. Okay. <clears throat> so I want to go a little bit further in another area around the evolution um, that, that we started to talk about. As sales enablement is being invited to the table. Um, the, the table and the things that sales enablement are starting to influence are reaching beyond just metrics and ideas that they're looking for input on but the influence that sales enablement has and is having on a business is expanding beyond just the primary sales, right? Just the, the front end, new logo, new win sale. What other parts of the business, what other parts of the customer journey or rev journey uh, are, are you seeing sales enablement influencing and impacting? I think that's another part of the evolution is it's it's transforming from sales enablement, which is just as it sounds, enabling sales, SEs, AEs, SDRs, to, to revenue enablement. That's that's working with all, I, I, I believe and, and really feel anybody who's customer facing should be enabled. If you have a great sales experience and the product best meets your needs, you're probably going to buy it. But if you have a terrible botched implementation or really, really bad support come renewal time, 
or any clause in your contract that lets you out, you're looking for it and you're getting out. You're going to the competitor. That's a sale loss. That's revenue loss. It's not just about bookings. It's about ongoing uh, revenue and relationships. So uh, prior to Sitecore, I was actually in a, in a role where my remit was to the entire customer-facing organization. We looked for overlapping themes, soft skills, um, results orientation, like CS and AEs, for in instance. CSMs have some of the same metrics in some, some areas. Um, and making sure that that smooth handoff, that smooth transition, that, that consistent brand experience. Because if you're talking to Ryan or you're talking to Drake, you're still talking to Sitecore. Pretending you, you know, work, work at Sitecore. I got you're you. still I got talking you. to Sitecore. So it needs to be that that smooth, consistent experience that you know you're going to get the same, um, you're going to be handled the same way. Uh, SEs are a prime example too. They need a little bit deeper product knowledge. Uh, they need to be able to answer the technical questions, demonstrate the the technical things, and um, yeah, I, I think it's just as important to enable folks after this after the sale to be able to um, handle objections. As a, as an example, uplift in contracts is a thing at most companies. Nobody wants to pay more for the same thing just because market conditions have dictated that. Um, but it's a thing. So, you, you know, you need to be able to have those conversations, even if you're not in sales, if you're handling a renewal as a renewals manager, or um, it, maybe there was a, an outage. And as a CS rep, you're really having to to navigate and, and kind of you know, take the temper uh, down a bit, uh, you know, kind of get the customer back in a good spot. As you're working with support frantically in the background with things on fire, you know, keep that that even keel kind of mentality. So um we're we're working on you know stuff stuff now that's you know over indexing a little bit into the uh customer uh service kind of side so so you bring up a, a great point um the customer by the way the customer need and you pointed that out changes uh in the sales cycle it's it's you know it's a, it's incumbent upon the seller to help them understand why they should change why they should change and come to come to you but then when they're in implementation and when they're a customer, it's all about why should they stay and maybe why should they evolve, right? And, and purchase more if you're doing a cross-sell, upsell, that type of thing. From a sales enablement perspective, is it the same training from on the front end and the back end? Is the, are the messages the same or do they need to be different? How, how does that impact what a sales enablement or revenue enablement person does and treats? Uh, either a front-end seller or maybe a CS? So there's always going to be a little bit of overlap in in any customer-facing function. You're still talking to people. Totally. totally. Still going to have objections. Still going to need to ask the right questions at the right time, make the right solutions, you know, call it qualification or discovery. But the the roles are measured differently for a reason. They're, they are different functions. You are not trying to prove anything necessarily post-sale. Uh, that's what the sales process is for. A good sales process proves the capabilities to the use case, implementation sets it up the right way. Customer success is making sure that you are getting the most out of the product based on the parameters. Um, they, they're, it's very different to be dealing with a ticked off customer uh, than a ticked off prospect. So it's, it's a different relationship. It's a courting relationship versus, you know, uh, marital spout like it's different 
So yeah, I think that the, also the systems are different. You know, sales is using, call it Salesforce. I think everybody uses a CRM. Sales is like in the CRM, they might be using a cadence tool for process. CS doesn't do all of that. They, they're looking at you know, reference portals and license portals and, and all of this stuff. And they're keeping up with different parts of the business, you know, retention and growth versus acquisition. So absolutely, they should be two separate things, but there are going to be those scalable moments where you can invite the full revenue organization to a program that's going to help move the whole unit as a whole. Yeah, like uh, you mentioned several times, objection handling. There's a framework to that that can be applied in both circumstances. It doesn't have to be just one or the other. It can be scalable. I love that. Okay, that's that's wonderful advice. Uh, for our, our listeners who are looking to kind of level up their sales enablement game. Um, let's, let's, let's address this. So let's say I'm trying to uh, build a sales enablement function. What skills, what experience, or maybe attributes would you look at uh, when you're trying to hire people what are, what are some of the things, those maybe intangibles, the insider view of the type of human that you would hire to be this, this crazy, I mean, this sales enablement person, right? I mean, who, who, who are you looking for? Well, in the spirit of the topic uh, today, the first thing I would look like, uh, look for just generally a sales background. That's the, that's number one. That's what, what I would look for. Um, I think it depends also, how are you set up? What are you trying to accomplish as an organization? And where, what complementary uh, skill sets do you need? So if I'm just talking very general about who I would look to hire, you know, we're starting a sales enablement from scratch, sales background, and a successful one. You need to be able to prove that you know sales process very, very well. In sales enablement, those who can't do, don't teach. You know, it's It's... That's that's not necessarily true. Um, so I would I would absolutely look for somebody who's had some success in sales and can attribute it back to process. I don't want somebody who's been successful in sales and doesn't know why they were successful, uh, because then you, how are you going to pass on that information? I don't want just a, a brilliant silver tongue devil. Um, so definitely looking for sales process leadership qualities. Can you hold your own? Are uh, personal, you know, interpersonal skills and uh, personability. Can you can you articulate a vision, get people to buy into it, and come along for the journey? Curiosity. We talked about that. Curiosity is huge. Um, asks questions, but asks meaningful questions, not just surface level. You know, I, I asked a question. Check. Um, coachability and and agility, uh, being able to adapt, uh, being able to move fast when when needed. Stakeholder management. I don't know if I mentioned that, but that's probably the you alluded one. to that kind of throughout the entire talk. Yeah, track, but go deeper here. This is important. Yeah, stakeholder management is extremely and so articulating the vision, getting people to to buy into the vision. But um, stakeholder management is really important in enablement. You've got, like I said, you've got you're the connective tissue. You've you've got sales ops, you got product, you've got marketing, sales leader. You've got so many different departments and. Um, 
everybody thinking that their thing is the most important thing, everybody wanting the sales time. If everything's important, nothing is important. If you deliver everything, it's just a bunch of noise and you're just going to tick off your audience. Um, I've seen that happen being on the enablement side and I've seen that happen as a sales leader and it is not, neither side likes it. From the enablement side, they don't want to do that. From the sales leader side or the, or the AE side, they don't want that. It's it's high prioritization of events, and and it's really working with the stakeholders extremely closely to know what those priorities should be, how they should be mapped, and then, you know, if you've got somebody from very high up in the business who said, well, I, I need to do this, you've got your stakeholders on your side to say, well, these are the three, four high high priority items, so we we can revisit that in H two. Um, no, 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 we need to do it now. Okay, well, here are the three to four high priority items that we're doing. So this is the agility, the adaptability. You still have to be flexible, but these are the three to four high priority items and what they will deliver. Which of these would you downgrade to, to do that? Um, and that way everybody's on your, on your side. Everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's bought into the journey. And most importantly, a, a good sales enablement function or revenue enablement function isn't developing the the, the content and delivering it in a vacuum. They are working with subject matter experts from across the business. Um, and that's going to take their time. It's going to take their resources and bandwidth. And, you know, they, you need to have those good relationships for them to spend their time to buy into your shared vision and your program and deliver it. Um, because the whole thing is credibility, right? Even if you do have a sales background, uh, you're you're probably not the smartest person on any given topic in your organization. Uh, maybe there there are some that you're that you're very well versed in, but you're probably pulling somebody in who who has met with a million CMOS in in their career to talk about how do you deliver a value prop to a, a CMO or objection handle an executive level uh, negotiation, any of that stuff. So stakeholder management is extremely important because it, again, it's taking their time, their resources. Um, they have to buy into the vision. They have to reinforce it. They have to execute and they have to see you as, as a credible business partner who knows what they're doing, who has that vision and who, who truly has their, uh, your, your intentions are, are with their um, best output in mind. So from my perspective, that is, that is foundational. If, if you can't do that, uh, you'll, you'll be exact. I loved what you said that nobody actually likes just getting everything delivered. Um, that, which is counterintuitive. I mean, you asked for it, here it is. You asked for it, here it is. All that does is that makes you run on the, the sales enablement hamster wheel. That's all you're doing is you're just producing assets and it's negating what you said at the very beginning of our conversation. Don't go wide, go deep prioritize, hammer them out and get them done. Understand metrics, business goals, carry it all the way through. Phenomenal advice here, Drake, as we're wrapping up our show here. Are there any other key learnings or advice that you would have for our listeners? Like if there was one thing, like what what's the one thing that they should go and do today to, to really level up their sales enablement and maybe help overcome that uh, that that disparity between sales sellers and sales enablement. One, there's one thing: adapt or die. I, I had a CSO that would always say that: adapt or die. Never get stagnant. 
always be looking for you know refinement the uh toyota has this this uh japanese uh method of, of kaizen uh which is always get better iterative you know small iterations get better in small iterations always improving always adapting market always changes industries mature and then die if they don't adapt um so don't 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 become stagnant um always keep up with the business and the evolution and the trends of the business um and then i, I gotta say it again keep m maintaining those relationships uh, with your stakeholders um you know, if, if a relationship goes sour, it's really hard to build back up. It's, it's a lot easier to put in the effort to maintain them um, and, and make sure that you are aligned to what the business needs to be doing. So no more check the box enablement. No, no we, we trained them on this because they attended. No, like align to the business and, 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 and keep getting better. One, you know, one small step at a time. Drake. Man, thank you for being on the show. That was a valuable conversation for our, for our audience today. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Ryan. It was my pleasure. And listeners, for more information and helpful resources, check out the show notes at www.primary-intel.com forward slash podcast. And remember, no deal is out of reach. We'll see you next time.